Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, weekday mornings at 6am on London DAB Digital Radio and on demand via the Bloomberg Business app and BloombergRadio.com. Join us now in the studio is Alex Brazier, Deputy Head of the BlackRock Investment Institute, to discuss the UK economy and more. Thank you for being with us in the studio, Alex. In a past life, you spent 21 years at the Bank of England. Is 50 basis points nailed on for next week or could the jobs or inflation data maybe move the needle? Well, nothing's ever nailed on, uh, but I would think it's a reasonable starting point. And that, that's because we need to rethink the way central banks are operating these days. They're, they're not the cavalry that's riding to the rescue when the economy turns down. They're actually deliberately creating economic damage. And that's because their economies are basically overheating because of supply constraints. And if they want to get inflation all the way down to 2%, they actually need to generate recessions. We, we spend a lot of time talking about the, the terminal rate for the Federal Reserve. What is the terminal rate for the, for the BOE as you look into 2023? Yeah, I mean, the market was pricing north of four, which, as the bank signalled, and I have some sympathy with this, was probably too high. Uh, and that's because, not, well, not because the UK doesn't need a recession if the bank wants to get inflation down. It's because the energy shock, as we were just hearing about on the retail sales numbers, is actually weighing on demand in any case. So the bank, if you like, needs to do less of the work to create that recession. I want to come back to monetary policy around the world, but your latter role at the BOE was Executive Director for Financial Stability. Bloomberg reports this morning that the UK's finalising plans for crypto regulation after the fallout of the FTX collapse. Is it a case, Alex, of locking the door after the horse has bolted? No, I don't think so. I mean, in this area, it's grown very quickly. It's not a major part of the financial system. But the reason regulation in this space would be very a, a big positive, I think, is because it's not a homogeneous lump crypto. It's got some very different things in it. So things like really stable, well-regulated stable coins, they're really interesting. Tokenization of financial assets, that's really interesting. But then there are lots of other things around it that are, to be polite, less interesting. Uh, and so some form of regulation that really de delineates those different forms of activity and regulates them properly is, is very sensible at this stage, I think. And so, so from the risk of crypto and how to address that risk to, to concerns that we've got a story about the Bank of International Settlements, $65 trillion potentially in terms of off-balance sheet risks that they, that they highlight there. How, how focused are you and the team on that as a potential bl black swan event as, as financial conditions continue to tighten? I think, uh, clues in your question, we are focused on these sorts of things because financial conditions are tightening so much and so quickly. And that's when pockets of risk or vulnerability tend to be exposed. Although we have had some very big moves to date, uh, particularly in long yields. Uh, and with the exception of the UK, we haven't really exposed kind of underlying fault lines. So there has been a kind of test so far, uh, and the system has held up reasonably well. In a way, it didn't, even in 2020. 
I promised we'd come back to monetary policy. And in terms of the Fed, we've had this strong US services data, stronger payrolls numbers on Friday. Does it all point to a higher terminal rate to the, for the Fed? And where does the pivot come? Yeah, I think the Fed could raise rates north of five because, as I say, it needs to generate a recession if it wants to get inflation all the way down again. And so the market's kind of got this rethink to a certain extent, which is good news about activity does just mean higher rates in order to deliver the same outcome. Nothing changes that. Uh, and as a result, you know, importantly, rates are going higher as growth slows. But very importantly, they're going to stay there. They're going to be higher for longer. Over the last few months, the market has come to believe that the Fed will get to its terminal point, And that's it. We're done. Rates are coming back off that terminal point, coming down again. That's very much the old playbook. In this of the central bank coming to the rescue, in this playbook, central bank leaves rates there because it's deliberately trying to generate that economic damage in order to get inflation. And so down. what does that mean for the equities regime in, into next year then? Does the story remain that you have to steer clear of technology stocks, for example, in an environment of 5%? Does the story remain that you don't want to go into cyclicals because there's going to be a recession? Because Goldman Sachs had this survey around money managers starting to starting to pivot towards cyclicals. What, what are the themes that you're looking at for equities into next well, year? Well, first of all, there's an overall theme, which is that we're not currently constructive on developed market equities mm. for the reason that they're kind of reliant at the moment on sustained growth and rates coming off the peak and being cut next year, neither of which we see as particularly likely given what the Fed and other central banks need to do. There will probably come a point next year where we get more constructive on equity when the damage is clearer that central banks are going to cause and when that's reflected in the price. That'll be a great environment to get constructive on equity. And to go to your point about where within that, I wouldn't rule out any of those granular sectors at that point actually, because once things are reflected in the price, all of those things offer reasonable opportunity. I'm quite surprised now by the appetite for cyclicals. Uh, but once things are reflected in the price, once the recession's reflected, once the damage that central banks are causing is reflected, there's real opportunity there. Okay, so uh, just in our last 30 seconds here, Alex, your big opportunities for 2023? Well, at the start, as I say, we're not constructive on developed market equities, but we do see big opportunities in short-dated bonds, where those yields are now much higher than everyone's got used to, in credit, where actually some of the recessionary damage is more uh, more closely priced. And then looking further ahead, as we lay out in our outlook, there will come a point where it is time to get constructive on developed market equities, and that'll be a great time, great time to enter. Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, weekday mornings at 6am on London DAB Digital Radio and on demand via the Bloomberg Business app and BloombergRadio.com. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.